1: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, well known for his stories about crime detective Sherlock Holmes, was also a man who loved playing practical jokes on his friends. One day he sent 12 of his close friends a telegram with these words, Flee at once, all is discovered. To his amazement, all 12 fled the country. It seems that the conscience of each one was alive and well. Just like the man who wrote a letter to the Taxation Department. In it he said, My conscience bothered me. Here's the $175 I owe. If my conscience bothers me more, I'll send the rest. Our conscience plays an important function in reporting on whether our actions are morally right or wrong. However, its role is limited. It can only operate accurately if it has been correctly informed. If it has been fed the wrong information, it will send erroneous messages. God's Word must always take precedence over principles imposed upon us by the sometimes misguided preferences of religion, tradition, and culture. And remember, the blood of Jesus Christ can set us free from an oppressive and tormenting conscience.
0: This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Hello and thanks for joining us. It's Phil here along with author and pastor Ken Legg. And this week we're looking at guilt, the number one killer. And Ken, guilt is a pretty powerful force, isn't it? It can be a very tormenting thing in our lives and you referred to it as the number one killer. Why is that?
1: Well, actually it wasn't me that coined the phrase, Phil. Uh, Some psychological experts call it that. Others might disagree and say that, of course, other things such as depression or cancer or addiction are the number one killer. But in some cases, guilt can be the cause of those things. Uh, I think that many would agree that guilt is the most powerful negative emotion. I mean, just think about uh, the mother, for example, who left the swimming pool gate open, or the father who backed into his child and killed her. Now, guilt and shame are consequences of sin. Now, the two can be differentiated this way. Shame is feeling bad in the presence of others, whereas guilt is an individual private awareness of failure, leading to feeling of low personal worth. So when we're shamed, we don't want to face others. But when we're guilty, we can't face ourselves. So the consequences of guilt can be overwhelming. Mm. How do we
0: deal with guilt, though? I mean, we've all, we've all experienced the feeling of guilt over something. God must have known that we would make mistakes and perhaps even deliberately make wrong decisions. He must have known that there would be torment that would follow, uh, follow us, you know, to go through guilt,
1: perhaps on a daily basis. How do we deal with it? Well, God certainly does know, you know, what we struggle with guilt, um, what we go through. And uh, He also knew the many wrong ways that we would try to deal with our guilt. Look at, you know, the many biblical examples of that. For example, running from God. You know, that was the response that Adam and Eve uh, offered when they sinned in the Garden of Eden. They tried to hide from God, hoping to block Him out of their lives. Yeah, that worked out really well for them. (laughs) Yeah, well, of (laughs) course, you know, man has been running from God ever since. Uh, in that sense, atheism is an attempt to run away from God. The word atheist, in fact, comes from the Greek language, and it doesn't mean one who doesn't believe in God, but one who is without God. Atheist, to be without God. So to be an atheist is to live a Godless life, to live as if there is no God. The Bible actually teaches that atheism primarily is a condition not of the mind, but of the heart. The psalmist says, the fool has said in his heart there is no God. And, of course, many wish that the whole idea of, of God would just go away. They're running from God, so that's how some people try to manage guilt. Then, of course, there's the blame game. Uh, Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent, and of course, the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. He'd <laughs> be a lizard <laughs> otherwise, wouldn't he? Yeah, exactly. Um, and we feel relief from guilt uh, when we can find a scapegoat that we can blame for our problems. I personally, I, I think that um, you know we're living in a um, very much a blame culture. It's pretty life. common,
0: isn't it? I mean, yeah. people don't like to accept responsibility for their own actions. It's yeah. always somebody else's fault and, and so on. Yeah. It's really refreshing, actually, when you find somebody who will stump up and say, you know what? I made I, a mistake. I, yeah, I, I made a wrong. mistake, yeah. and I'm going to make amends for it or do whatever and,
1: yeah. and, and make good on what happened. Somebody said that on the, uh, the desk of the, the President of the United States, there's a a little plaque that says the buck stops here. Mm. I like that. I don't know if it's true or not, but I like it. If it is, maybe it's disappeared for over the last few years, <laughs> I don't know. But, um, I,
0: I think the way it works at the moment is that the buck stops here, but if we don't have one, we'll just print some more. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but, you know, we, we can blame our parents. We can blame our predecessors. We can yeah. blame the government. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, we can blame our boss. We can blame our partner. And it just never stops. But uh, as you say, um, probably the most needed word of this generation is, hey, take responsibility. Yeah. So here's another one, denial. What about when God confronted Cain after he'd killed and buried his brother? He just told a big of lies. Yeah. I don't think about Am i Am my brother's keeper? And just denied any, any kind of knowledge of what he'd done.
0: Well, it's very much a human nature thing, isn't it? I know that with my kids. I had a, uh, an instance recently where there was a few coins went missing from, from somewhere. I went and asked them all individually. They all denied it barefaced, but then that was uh, one by one. Called a family meeting and gave them the opportunity actually to write on a piece of paper, if you did it, it's okay, just be honest. And then two of them actually fessed up. <laughs> 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 Which was kind of interesting, but anyway. There you go.
1: Yeah, all right. Here's another one, rationalisation. People rationalise their guilt. Uh, it's called situation ethics. Yeah. And uh it justifies sin and wrong behavior, believing that every action must be understood within the context in which it was performed. Uh, take Saul for example. Yeah, you know, I did offer up the sacrifice, sure, but don't forget, you know, the people were leaving me, and you didn't come. He said to Samuel, and the Philistines were all getting ready for a war. So, under the circumstances, it was okay for me to step in the role uh, of a priest and offer up the sacrifice.
0: Yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> so he just rationalized the. Uh, the situation. Well, we
0: do the same thing in our own lives. You know, someone points the finger at us. We can very easily just point the finger back at them and say, you know, who are you to call me? so and so, look at your own. Yeah, whatever. But
1: it's not addressing our own situation. Yep. Alright, Here's another one: self punishment. Some people find the burden of guilt so overwhelming that they secretly want to suffer for their wrongdoing. Mm. So you know, let's say for example, feel they get sick or they go through some painful circumstances, they kind of feel that they're being punished for their misdemeanors. And that in some way, they've paid the debt they owe. You know, in a strange way, they believe that justice has been served. So I feel good about myself now. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Here's the worst one of of all, I think, despair. Um, Just absolutely seeing no way out of the guilt trap. And so some people commit themselves to the downward spiral of ever-increasing wrongdoing. What's the point? You know, let's just do more and more because uh, there's no way I can get out of this. And tragically, some people even commit suicide. I, I think that's what... You know, the problem was with Judas is that, um, you know, he just saw that his guilt was so overwhelming that uh, there was no way out. And he's the only disciple that never lived to see the cross. I mean, Peter mucked up big time as well. He denied the Lord with oaths and cursing and swearing. But, you know, he was restored through the forgiveness of God. But Judas despaired and went out and hanged himself. Yeah, But probably the most common way that people deal with guilt is by compensation, You know, Adam and Eve try to cover their nakedness with their fig leaves So others attempt to cover their sin with their good works Uh, This is probably the most common method used in an effort to deal with guilt today I would say And the idea behind this philosophy is that let's do good so that we can compensate for the bad Of course we read in scripture that actually doesn't work Um, How do we
0: correctly deal with guilt though?
1: Well, Phil, as you said earlier, uh, God knew that guilt was going to be a major issue in our lives. And thankfully, he has made full provision for it in the blood of Jesus. Uh, You remember when uh, Adam and Eve covered themselves with fig leaves? Well, God took those fig leaves away and covered them with tunics that were made from the skins of animals. So in doing that, he was actually teaching that the way to resolve the guilt problem is not by trying to cover sin with self-righteous works, but through the sacrificial shedding of blood. See, sin demands the forfeiture of life. You know, in Eden, God said, the day that you eat of that, um, you will die. So sin demands the forfeiture of life. But thankfully, God accepts a substitute. Mm. And we know, you know, as Scripture unfolds, that that revelation came that the ultimate substitute would be Jesus himself. So all those animal sacrifices, the shedding of blood, was actually pointing forward to the day when uh, Jesus would come and take away our sins. Now, of course, we're going to talk a lot more about that throughout the week.
0: Out of time for today, but join us again tomorrow when we continue our discussion on guilt, the number one killer. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Leg, including the book New Covenant, New Glory, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au That's vision.org.au